Welcome to Try Talking Sport, hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Thank you for tuning into the show. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer or endurance enthusiast, you've come to the right place to be inspired, encouraged, motivated and entertained by the sporting endeavours of our guests. Thank you to everyone who has completed our listener survey. I really appreciate all the feedback, suggestions and well wishes for the podcast. We'll be closing the survey this week and announcing our winners of our bobble beanie hats shortly. So keep an eye on your emails if you participated in the survey. I've been keeping a close eye on the unfolding COVID-19 situation, both locally here in Ireland and also across the globe. There is a lot of uncertainty for everyone, not just in the world of sport, but implications across all aspects of life and business. We've seen races, events and social gatherings cancelled in Ireland over the past few days and much bigger events taking a hit across the world in recent weeks. We had planned to roll out some Try Talking Sport live shows over the coming weeks, but these have now been put back on the shelf until we see how things unfold. However, in the words of that great Queen song, the show must go on. And so we will continue to plan for these events later in the year and keep you entertained through the podcast over the coming weeks and months. Since the last episode of the show, the 2020 Women for Try Ambassador team was announced and I am honoured to be included in the lineup of incredible athletes who will advocate for female triathletes in 2020 as part of the Ironman Foundation Women for Try Global Ambassador team. The team consists of four global ambassadors, 41 brand ambassadors and 34 associates who span 20 countries across the world. Empowering and encouraging people to take up triathlon is a huge part of what I enjoy about my role as a female voice in the sport. Being able to give back to the sport that has had such a profound effect on my life personally and professionally is a privilege. With Ironman Ireland, the designated Women for Tri race across Europe, Middle East and Africa this year, there are some great plans in store to celebrate our female athletes at the event across the weekend of June 21st, which I have to say I'm really looking forward to. This week we celebrated International Women's Day and I'm delighted that fellow Corkonian Lizzie Lee is the guest for the 22nd episode of the show, coinciding with this important date in our calendar. Lizzie is a bundle of energy and an incredible athlete. Her work rate, dedication and her practical yet positive outlook and attitude has been the backbone of her success in sport and beyond. We chat about her road to Rio and that perfect day at Dublin Marathon 2018 where she was crowned National Marathon Champion, taking third place overall in the race. Lizzie is a busy mum of three young children and runs for fun, as she says herself. In this episode, we get a glimpse into her life before sport, her support networks who have helped to shape her success and hear how one pivotal conversation led to her life-changing decision to pursue some lofty sporting goals and make them a reality. Lizzie and I knew each other from our days in University College Cork. She was studying engineering and I was completing a commerce degree. You'll hear some references to Josie by Lizzie, which is what people used to call me in my days of life on the campus at University College Cork, which we had a good giggle about before we went live with the recording. You'll also hear some gurgling and giggling and baby noises in the background. And that's Lizzie's three-month-old baby Jess, who joined us in her swing and on the couch during the interview. I hope you enjoy the show. It was lots of fun to record. Lizzie, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to interrupt your afternoon with your beautiful (laughs) baby Jess, who is swinging along in her uh, swing here in the kitchen in Cork on this miserable Tuesday afternoon. It doesn't feel like so long ago that we were in college no, it doesn't. At the same time. It doesn't. It feels like yesterday, actually. You right. might reference me as Josie a few Josie. times. Josie. I always call I said, do you know Josie? And people look at me and I say, oh, Joanne Murphy from Tritalk. 
And they say, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And they love, why'd you call her Josie? Because that's what we called her in college. <laughs> when she was running college, she was in charge of college. Josie ran college on her own. Yeah. You were at the RAG committee. Uh, and vice president of the students' union. Yes, yeah. you were everything. Yeah. You ran uh, every committee known to man. Some things have never changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Lizzie, back to you, because this is what this afternoon is all about. In college, did you ever see yourself becoming the national marathon champion, an Olympian, and a mom of three beautiful girls? Um, I might have seen the mom bit, but I definitely wouldn't have seen the the marathon bit or the running or anything. I wasn't running, Josie, as you know. Now, towards the end of college, I got quite active again. I had done loads of sports in school, and then at, towards the end of college, when they opened the Mardek Arena, we were in final year, and that's when I started kind of going to the gym and kind of doing a bit on the treadmill and getting fit, so that by the time I went to Dublin, I was kind of fit enough but I definitely wouldn't have thought it in college in a million years. I mean, who says to the person who's never done a cross-country race or any sort of race that you're going to run internationally at the age of 20? You know, you just don't think like that. So when I met you back in 2012, we hadn't seen each other for quite a few years, you had come back from Australia. Yeah. So what changed between being in college and uh, then moving to Australia? Where did the grow for, for running come from or the real grow for sport come from after that? So I suppose I was, I was brought up in a house, house where you were active and you did stuff. And then I kind of went up to Dublin and lost my way a bit. And I, I mean, I just enjoyed myself and I fell out in nightclubs on a Thursday night after work. And, sure, we all you know, did that. We all did it. Um, but then I did the, do you know, you know, Matt Coughlin in... Um, in Piranha I was working with Matt we were both working in Accenture working for the Revenue Commissioners and Matt convinced me to do the Chicago Triathlon for charity Eamon Coughlin came over to that he was a patron for Crumlin who we were doing it for we were doing it for Crumlin Children's Hospital and uh, at the end of the run I, I think I ran 45 minutes off the bike now I had done no training up to I'd say February or March where Matt convinced me to do it so I had a few months training done and we went over to Chicago and raised the money and did it. And Eamon Coughlin pulled me aside that night and said, you're no triathlete, you're a runner. And I just listened to him and kept doing triathlon for about five more years. Yeah, because you did but, race at the World Championships. You raced in the yeah, Aquathon at the World Championships. I still swim. Yeah. I swam this morning. I did 3K this morning. You still swim as part of your I training? I still swim as much as I can. Um, at the moment, I'm just returning from a, a tendon thing. So I've been doing probably 15k a week in the pool, um, courtesy of my wonderful father who comes over in the morning to let me go to the pool. So I still I still swim. I love swimming. I never liked cycling. So I jacked when I jacked that in, I did it permanently and, you know... This gave away all the bike gear everything I just never liked the cycling I just don't enjoy it but I love the running and I really like the swimming I find the swimming great you know especially when you're pregnant swimming's great so but were you a swimmer as a kid growing up or? I swam but I didn't swim with the club okay. or anything but I had been taught properly there was a Tuesday night Mike Harris who's a well-known open water swimmer down in Cork um, he set up a Tuesday night thing for uh, his buddies and their kids with a teacher Angela Stubbs who is now the coordinator for Lucy swimming lessons, my five-year-old. She goes down to Angela Stubbs's classes on her Friday. Um, so Angela taught me how to swim. I would have been five, I'd say. Um, so I knew how to swim, but I didn't go to, I didn't do, you know, there was no... You weren't a swimmer. No, I wasn't in Dolphin or one of those clubs. Swimmer. No, no, yeah. no, no. So then when did the decision come to give up triathlon or aquathon and focus completely on the running? It was a cold day in Kilbegan. <laughs> in 2000 and 
nine. So I did do that aquathon, Josie, but I think I hadn't done, I didn't do a triathlon after 2000 and the summer of 2009 because in 2009, I went to Kilbegan to the National Cross Country where the top six were going to be selected for Eurocross. And the Eurocross that year was going to be in Dublin. Big deal. And I had been winning all around me on the roads down here and I was still training for the triathlon. And I'd done the Khmer half Ironman. I'd gotten up to that distance. i come third to Elena and Joyce, who I always came third to. And I went to Kilbegan thinking, yeah, I could easily go top six because I'm winning everything around me. And I came 14th. And I like, I mean, literally was vomiting over the line. Like, and Donny said to me that day, I'll never forget the conversation. He said, if you jack in the bike, he didn't go near their swimming because he kind of thought the swimming was okay. He said, if you jack in the bike for the winter, we'll make that team next year. Wow. Yeah. So I went, okay. So this is Donny. This is Donny, 2009, Donny Walsh, 1972 Olympics, Munich. Um, second to, to Prefontaine in the NCAAs for leading Villanova to an NCAA victory um, in his day. Um, so this is Donny says to me, you know, this is, this is, you know, game on. You could be an international. So I jacked How in the bike. How important was that uh, conversation with Donny? Was huge, that the pivotal. That's the day. That's the day. There's, there's a few days with Donny, like the day I told him I was pregnant with Lucy and he said we were going to the Olympics. You know, there was... There's, there's been conversations with Donny where I can look back and go, oh my God, he was just so right. Like, I call him Yoda because he's my Yoda. Um, so yeah, he, he just said Jack in the bike. And he knew well enough to not say Jack in the bike in the swimming because I loved the swimming. But we worked the swimming out so that it was recovery. The swimming was always on a recovery day where I didn't need to. So Friday, I, I typically, when I'm doing high mileage, I try not to run on a Friday. And I'll swim, I'll do a gym session and I'll get physio on a Friday. I can work that all out into a day. We used swimming as a, a recovery tool and um, I came second in the National Cross Country the following year and it was top two automatically onto the Eurocross team. Um, and I was onto the, my first international. Just All I did was listen to Doni all year. I mean, it was, it was simple. <laughs> How important is, that, is it that you listen to what he has to say and that you follow to the letter what he tells you to do? And do you follow? I do, I'm 100%, 100%. Oh my God. That's the, when I... When I first started this is another piece of the puzzle when you get to the, the getting to Rio part Joe O'Connor um, do you know Joe strength and conditioning coach so he'd be of Ireland's fittest family fame and UL hurlers and Joe's brilliant um, nicest fitness down in Tralee anyway when I was starting with Joe or when Joe was kind of we were having the conversation about would he take me on would we give it a go I said I will do exactly what you say I won't do you know, two thirds of it, I won't do 110%. I will do 100.000 end of story because that's what I do. Because you have to trust people if you put the right people around you. Anne O'Leary always says, so Anne O'Leary, everyone knows Anne O'Leary if you're, if you're in triathlon and Anne's a good pal of mine. We go back, like we used to cycle together in 2006. Um, and Anne always says, you surround yourself with people you trust because then making the decisions is easy because you've got people you trust giving you the advice. So there's no decision making really in this. There's occasionally we'll have a bit of a, I'll do a four old brow and say, Tony, I don't, I don't think hills are good tonight because, or something. And it'll be a healthy debate, which he usually wins. Um, but there, there is an element of, we will have a discussion about something, but yeah, I do what I'm told. I just do what I'm told. And that's how I've stayed in one piece and gotten to what I've done because I trust him. Cross country versus marathon running. Oh, tough, tough one. I don't know. Um, what is it about cross country? Right, because for, for there's the not a future. huge amount of people that do cross country. No. There's more marathon runners and 10Ks and half marathon runners. Yeah, in, in we, cross arena. country, if you're a marathon runner, cross country is a great tool for the winter. 
it's because you're not going to do really a, a, a marathon in December, right? So it's something that kind of you can come off a, an autumn marathon and because I've done it, I've done a marathon PB in September in Berlin and I've come 13th in Eurocross in December um, just by giving myself two or three weeks easy in between and then getting back into it and it's something that kind of you don't have to do quite as many miles for cross country but it'll tip you away for the winter and it's a bit of crack there's nothing like getting arriving in the airport for Eurocross because the team's huge the Irish team and it's fun and banter and it's only you know you've only got five miles Whereas with the marathon, it's terrifying and daunting and oh my God, and the team is small and... So much can bit, go wrong over Yeah, 100%, miles. yeah, so much can go wrong versus, or it's just five miles, I'll get, I'll finish anyway, like, you know, whereas with the marathon, there's always the, am I going to finish or not? But I think in my future, it's it's marathon, like it's, it's I'm gone pure endurance now, I don't know, I, I, I think I would probably, <laughs> if I went to the Euro, to cross country, I might bang out the same speed for two 8Ks back-to-back versus do something epic over the 8K. I don't know, but that's probably, you know, like this talks that people always say, oh, can we make it 10K? And I'm like, yes, yes, make it 10K. Actually, make it 15K. Um, so really, it's maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd love to, to think about cross-country again, but I think my heart has gone towards the marathon now, which is fair enough. And as the former National Marathon 2018 uh, fastest Irish female uh, in 2018, the Dublin City Marathon, you're one of five fastest female marathoners in the country. That's incredible achievement, considering as a youngster... I wasn't doing that. Yeah, you weren't doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And I, I, you know, I, it just happened. It's the only it didn't way. Just happen. <laughs> now, Lizzie Lee, no, I'm sure I don't. Only, and Joe. I, I don't. It, this is one thing I always say. I don't consider myself very talented, but I am psychotic in terms of training. If you tell me to do twenty miles, I will do exactly the twenty miles at the exact place you tell me to do it, and I will do that. I think one of the things that you that's unique about me is I will do it consistently for the entire year or for the entire five years. I will just I just love it so much that I will do it. But I will do the I will dot my eyes and cross the T's. I'll do the strength and conditioning that I don't particularly love. I don't hate it. I don't love it because I know I have to because I'm just so disciplined. But I think I'm probably just a complete control freak and OCD and all that stuff. And it's a nice way. It's it's something nice to put that into. You know, it's the like for my leaving cert, my mother always talks about how I just went completely nuts and, and study. And in college, I didn't do, you know, I, I didn't do I wasn't training or running or anything, but I got one H's every year in engineering, which is a bloody hard thing to do. But I, I again, I wasn't the brightest person in the class, but I worked so hard. Remember the month off? We used to get a month off to study in UCC. I'd go to ground. No one would see me. As soon as they cut the grass in UCC and you hadn't, if you hadn't studied, yeah, by studied then you were in trouble. trouble. And I, when I went to ground. I stayed at home. I used to go near the library. I stayed at home. My mom did me stir fries every day. I used to go for an hour walk from five to six because I wasn't a runner at the time. But I used to study all day, like to the point that I had 15 minute breaks and I would time. I put the alarm on for the 14 minutes so that I was back at my desk for the 15 minutes. I mean, I just... <laughs> I think you should have been in like the army or the police force or something. Well, this, that is so, we're sitting here in my grandparents, in what was my grandparents' house and my granddad was a colonel in the army, Josie. So I didn't lick this off the walls. He raised my mother to be on time and write lists and do everything the way you're supposed to do it. And that's the way I was raised by her because it's the army influence. So that's funny that you say that. Hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
But to get where you are, you have to be pedantic. You have you to have cross to. your teeth oh, and dot you your have eyes to and do it all. You can't. You can't let the, the nutrition go. Say, yeah, yeah. You can't let the nutrition go. You can't get the, let the sleep go. You have to. I've been for like I timed this interview to in, allow me to have an hour nap. Now I wasn't sure exactly what hour she would sleep at, but I knew she would sleep for an hour at some point, and I would hop into bed the minute her eyes closed, and that's what I did. So I got my extra hour. You know, you you just have to be to kind of look after yourself. But then it is then <laughs> we haven't touched on the mom bit, but then you start looking after the kids and looking after yourself kind of it's you have to make a conscious effort to look after yourself because it's very easy to just get wrapped up in just being a mom just being a mom just doing everything for your kids and then you find yourself you know soul destroyed and miserable and you don't want that either so that's kind of happy me to you your three beautiful daughters came along in the midst of this stellar sporting career how did you manage all of well, one was great. <laughs> one was fine, but now one you've got like uh, Jess here, and that noise in the background is her little swing, her swing, and she is the most cutest little button here, swinging away, looking at her mom, smiling. So, how did you manage, even with even with one? So, I suppose the story is: I ran two thirty eight in Berlin in twenty thirteen, and we were getting married two weeks later. So, my husband did an Ironman the week after. You'd know him as Kells. You know him well. And um, he did an Ironman the week after. He's only ever done one Ironman and that was it. And then we got married. Oh, then we had the stand and stag and then we got married. I had come nine seconds shy of the European standard. It was 238.00 and I'd run 238.09. And it was 2013. And I kind of went, I really want a baby. So fortunately, everything was fine. And I had a baby about 10 months later. Didn't go to Europeans. And then it was like, right, the timing here. So when I told Donny I was pregnant that day, he said, oh, we go to the Olympics. You have the baby, go away, come back, and we'll go to the Olympics. So I had her June 2014. We had the guts of two years to, you know, qualify and, and get there. Um, And it was family support and husband support and everybody supporting me. Um, Apple, I work in Apple. They were amazing. They always are amazing. And uh, Paul was just, he was on board. He was in. He just said, let's go all in, all in. Let's do this because I had tried to go to London and I missed the time by 16 minutes or something like that. Um, I fell apart and I, but I didn't have the work done. I didn't have, I was out. I didn't have enough years in my legs at that point because I'd only started it really when I was 30-ish. So it was too early for me. London was looking back. So we did things like the strength and conditioning, but I made sensible choices in terms of the child in that I signed up with Joe O'Connor. He had kids. He got the fact that I had a kid. So he knew that if I said I'm in South Dock on Saturday night, don't do anything on Sunday. Donny's always been very like that. Donny's always, always, Donny's first question will be, how are the kids? Um, Donny will ring me every day of a pregnancy. How are you getting on? How are the kids? Like, it, because happy athlete, fast athlete. That's the way it goes. Um, my, my dad, I mean, anyone who knows me knows my dad. Gary Lee, follow him on Twitter and Instagram because he's a brilliant photographer. Um, and he's good at the old Gwilga and everything. He's interested in everything. But he's been amazing. Like this morning, for example, Josie, he came over at half seven. Paul went off to work. I came home for half eight. I had my 3K done in the pool. I did the school run. Um, he actually stayed here with Jess while I did the school run. I mean, how many other granddads are over? Now, he doesn't. He gets up early, so it's not like I'm pulling him out of bed. But how many other granddads? It's the commitment. Half seven the in the morning are over in your house. But part of that is, the flip side of that is, he will get such a kick out of my first race back. He'll be there standing there proud as punch. But he'll be part of the reason that we managed it. And my husband knows. I mean, he knows what he signed up for. 
you know we met and I was into the running so how important is that huge he has to get it he has to get that for my mental health I need to, I'm not talking about racing or competing or anything but for my mental health I need to be able to get out the door with my runners and I won't be a nice or happy person unless I do we chatted previous to the the show this afternoon and it was lashing rain here but now thankfully the yeah. sun has come out but you mentioned that you will try and get the kids out every single day yeah. even if it's raining you will put on the tracksuits yeah. put on the raincoats yeah. and get them out the high vis how important is it for you as a mother that your kids are fit and healthy aside from all of the sporty stuff that you're doing but yeah. that they're people, people think so uh, Lucy recently got bumped from level 2 to level 3 she's starting level 3 in swimming in two weeks and the teacher when she was telling me I, I, it was kind of like she's going to level 3 and I was like great oh, whatever I don't care what level of swimming she's in as long as she's doing something as long as she yes she's doing something uh, well uh, swimming is one thing that they need to be able to swim right because she's going to go on a J1 I don't want to fall off a boat and not be able to swim right that's kind of the uh, swimming's a life skill swimming and learning how to drive I think parents need to teach their kids those things right um, in the evening I sometimes look around and I'm like we've done nothing today nobody's been outside it's been raining blah, blah. so we literally will put on the coats and the high visits and the whole lot because like Rob and Marion said in an interview last week it's like walking your dog you take your dog out once a day your kids need to get out. They need fresh air. They need exercise. They need, and then then if if you're not if your kids aren't exercising or they're not doing anything, then they're not going to sleep for you, and then nobody's going to sleep. It's just like, and I love the twenty twenty campaign. The you know if she can't see, she can't be. Like Lucy just thinks <laughs> she's gurgling away there. Lucy just thinks that. It's just normal that mummy goes out for a run. She thinks there's a tag team on a Sunday morning between her parents is completely normal. Mummy, yeah, daddy's back, you can go now. Like, she just thinks that's normal. And then we all go swimming when we all come back from our runs. And that's just, that's just what we do. That's just the way that we, we work our families. I'm going to take her out for a swim. Kids have to be active. And they have to do it young and see that it's normal. I saw it was normal in my house on a Sunday. No one was there. No one was there at one o'clock on a Sunday because... Everybody was off doing something. My dad was cycling. My mother was running. My sister was playing a hockey match. My brother was climbing car on tool. That's what actually they're the things that we would have actually been doing, you know. Um, and it's just normal. It's just exercise and being active and stuff should be normal in a household. So for somebody who is um, maybe a triathlete who is all very conscious about their own activity and get their own sessions in, it's very hard to bring the whole family in together and if the tradition isn't there that on a Sunday the whole family go out or a Saturday yeah, yeah. or the kids are on phones and that how do we help the families to get out and about I'm talking about like a walk right so Lucy started doing she's five she, they started doing the daily mile at school now I think the junior infants were doing like maybe half a mile but just just to go out for a walk so then we said well, we do it on the weekends so when one of us comes in from our run we say come on Lucy and we just take her around the block because she, she's like, oh, I'm getting faster, mummy. The junior park run is brilliant. What I find brilliant on a raining Sunday um, afternoon is the swim. We take them to the pool because it knackers them. And they're it makes them hungry. It makes them hungry. And they're clean for Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to bath them. <laughs> but like you know just just to make it I don't I don't bring um, Jess swimming but I go down now and drink coffee while they're on and I, I change them all 
and then Paul gets a sauna in and everybody's happy at the end of it and I get to drink coffee for a while and you know just but just make normality our, yeah becomes Farron Woods is another big favourite of ours we go to Farron Woods with Bambi the girls say and we go to Farron Woods and we just walk around and there's a playground and you know there's a new playground in Bishopstown which is amazing I've been practically living in it because it's got a coffee truck right outside it it's got loads of stuff that they can climb on and get into and, and it's all about the movement really yeah, and totally. play scooters and we go and look at the fairy trails and you know I, I, I can make it sound like I'm Wonder Mom I'm not like, but I just try and get them out the door at least once a day for my own sanity as well as theirs bring it back to your own training now because yeah. I saw a tweet recently where six weeks after <laughs> Jess uh, was born you ran was it seven miles? I was up to seven miles yeah then I uh, I probably did a little bit too much too soon and gave myself a bit of uh, tendonitis. So I'm just coming back now. Not Achilles, thank God. I actually said, my sister did an intervention and said, do you know what now? Hurl cooler, just don't run for a few weeks. Just don't bother. Um, so I've been doing a good bit of swimming and I got my strength and conditioning back and I got my, I, you know, I'm, I'm back up to my normal kind of lifts and stuff. I can deadlift myself. Uh, weight wise and stuff because it's important for a runner you should be strong especially when you're you know I'm, I'm going to be 40 um, so the injuries are going to be you know I, I need to look after myself more than when I was 30 uh, yeah so I'm just getting I did two miles yesterday so I'll, I'm on the road now it's it's fine it's better so I'll just do I'll be much nicer to myself now I think my head got kind of oh I have to get back I have to get back I have to get back um, but for what like what was I chasing I kind of I, I want to go back and kind of go calm down a bit because I, I think I've always been chasing and now I said to Donny I said can we just do fun stuff now one or two fun things will hopefully be in an Irish vest but not to not do the fun stuff anymore because of the Irish vest because there was an awful lot of going to the Olympics is very very serious there was years where I couldn't go to Ballycotton because it didn't suit because I needed to get a qualifying time for something else or so it's picking races I don't that you enjoy that but like there, yeah picking races I enjoy and, and doing stuff like there's a few races abroad that I've always wanted to do and it's just never been the right time to do um, so that kind of thing and I'm not even talking about marathons now I'm talking about like there's 10k's that I've always gone oh that would be very cool to do that so I'm going to do that now that's kind of what I'd love to do just to and bring I the want family. to be Pauline Curley too <laughs> <laughs> I love Pauline Curley she's you amazing you to come to Galway yes a lot in Galway oh she does she yeah. does like the 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 Galway, there's a five, it's an 8K in Street the summer. Streets of Galway. I've never done that. And I, oh, every year I see the results and go, that's super fast. I must do that. I'm not saying this year now, but some, you know, this year or next year, I will, I'm, I want to do the fun ones. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I want to do races that Jim Mockney runs because I'll go do some of the Dublin series if I can this summer now because he deserves it. Tell us about uh, Dublin. We'll Dublin. come back to the Olympics again in a minute, but but running and winning on home soil yeah. and running down that finish line, that blue carpet in Dublin with, I would say, 100% of the crowd screaming your insane. name. Um, what was I still that like? emotional thinking about it. It was my favourite marathon I ever did. Um, the only day I can say that's comparable with it in terms of enjoyment is the day we got the gold medals in Budapest. But that was in completely different because I was a cog in a wheel versus being the entire wheel in Dublin. Um, there was one moment that stands out in my mind and I'd love if this man ever contacted me, but at about mile, I said mile 19, you go to, through Klonski and I, I know Dublin so well. I mean, I lived in, in UCD for a year and then I lived in Donnybrook for six years. Um, and I was coming through Klonski near the centre there and somebody, a man said to me, come on Lizzie, you're doing Ireland proud. 
I'm just getting goosebumps after hearing and that. There was at that at that moment there was five women and we had the lead women car and there was five of us together. Come on, Lizzie, you're doing women, women, Ireland proud and I just went, jeez, I'm playing with the big girls here, like you know, um, and and I just went, I have to get, I have to make the podium, I just have to make this podium, um, and it just. I just felt I just had that day where I was bouncing off the road I just knew I was bouncing out the two girls first and second I do look back and wonder if I could maybe have gotten second because I let the two of them go because they put in this super they put in a 510 and I just did the maths and went do you want to try and win it or do you want to definitely get the Irish title and I went Irish title because I've never gotten one and it's more important to me than you know, not that I wouldn't have loved to win it, but I didn't think the way your one was breathing, one of the two of them was breathing. I didn't think she was beatable by me that day. But the other one, maybe I could have done a bit more, but I just went to a national title and podium. That's, it's not settling. You know, it's, it was it's just... It's incredible for an Irish woman to be up there in the mix in the podium with... It just athletes. fell into my hands. It just, they, they, we got to mile 10. I was fourth. I was trailing them with the lead car. I was with a group of um, Ian McGrath from Shlee Cullen. I was in a, with a group uh, of them. And um, there was about 12 men and me. And because it was the, was it the, the Navy champs that year? So there was a lot of men from different countries over as well. Um, Navy or Garda, anyway. So we had a big group of men and they were all flanking me and helping me in the wind and, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and we just came upon the girls and I just said to the lads, I said, drive on, I'm going to stay here. Because I knew what Donny would say. Donny would say, race them, just get in and race them. Don't do anything stupid, just get in there and race them. And I just felt great. We were at mile 10 and I'm suddenly with the lead women car feeling amazing. It just... And then I knew everywhere I was going and the support was unbelievable. I'll never forget that last two miles actually felt like they were carrying me to the finish line. And all I could picture was Jim Ockney's. I knew Jim Ockney would be at the finish line. And Jim's been such a big part of my story all along, setting up the marathon mission and supporting me always. You know, I can remember conversations with Jim in 2009 where he's like, no, you're not ready for a marathon yet, but you will be, you know. And I look back and I'm like, God, he was he was such a mentor and he was so nice and helpful that I knew he was going to be there. And I was I, I, I was trying not to cry because I was like, just. And I always think when I'm coming to a finish line now, I don't know if you ever spoke to Rob Heffernan about when he won the World Champs, but he raised his hands with about 300 metres to go on the track, like celebration. And he nearly puked. And he was like, imagine if I hadn't won the World Champs because I was getting the cocks on the side with 300 to go. So I always like, I'm not ever celebrating till I'm at a finish line now. So I wanted to pump my fist and I wanted to, you know, wave at people. But I couldn't because if I even looked sideways, I was going to fall over. And I knew that. I mean, I kneeled down the minute I finished. I couldn't stand anymore. Um, Had you given it your all? Everything. I'd given it everything. And like... I, I maybe could have run a minute or two faster that day um, had we raced it differently. But what we did was we went at, like there was some miles were 6.05 and then there was a kind of, they threw in a 5.50 and I just went with whatever they were throwing down, I went with it. Um, and then the, we put in a huge effort from, from kind of 23 on, I picked it up 40 seconds per mile. So I was doing 5.20s home. Right. So if I had done it more evenly and we'd done a time trial, but that's not racing. That's not that's different. That's if you're going out to get the Olympic qualifying time. That's different that I raced in Berlin to get my PB. I raced every I was a metronome. Right. But when you're racing, which is the way we did it with those girls. So like the last three miles, there was nothing left. I mean, just nothing left. And just oh, it was just amazing crossing that finish line. And the media were there and it was funny because Greg Allen was there and he'd interviewed me at the finish line in Berlin during the summer when I hadn't been happy. And I was literally like, 
and this is us of that day like couldn't be happier this is amazing you know it was like full circle it was like okay we weren't happy in the summer but and it was my post Alison comeback you know I felt like me again like you know it was meant to be there but there's just something special about Dublin I mean anyone listening who's done Dublin is going to know what I'm talking about there's just something there's something about it that you you if you could bottle it and put it in every race you'd run a PB every day you know it's just amazing did everything just go right on the day yeah, for perfect you? like I don't and the same with my PB those two marathons just went perfectly I wouldn't say the same for the Olympic marathon not that anything went wrong in the Olympic marathon but it was like the Olympic marathon there was a few patches where I felt bad and you know the girls got away and I had to have a chat with myself versus those two days my PB in Dublin it was just perfect it was just and when it happens because it happens so infrequently you and the thing about me is that I'm I'm usually I'm okay I'm, I'm very rarely terrible and I'll, I'll never DNF for you unless there's a leg falling off, you know. So I'll be mediocre at, at my worst. But then when it's good, it's just so good. And you you know it's good. You know, in a marathon, you know it, mile five. Game on today, like. We, better, we better give the baba back to mama. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about the marathon mission and how you ended oh, yeah. up on that and on that road to Rio. Jim Opney and Dick Cooper, who I just have the utmost respect for both of them. They're both brilliant and they're both mentors of mine and I'm very fond of both of them. They decided that marathon running in Ireland needed to kick up the arse <laughs> and that the standards were gone to the dogs and we needed to fix it. Um, because in uh, 2008, Pauline Curley represented Ireland and that's it. Pauline was running very good times, right? Um, but she was on her own. There was no men. And then Mark Keneally was kind of coming, coming along. Um, so what they decided was that they would incentivize marathoners and they would help them go to races abroad. They would bring them together to train together every now and then for talks and to kind of you understand what their plans were. To create a bit of a community and try, Yeah, and also try and get buy-in from Athletics Ireland to send us to some stuff. And it worked. The marathon mission combined with realistic standards for um, London. So... Athletics Ireland didn't tam- didn't alter the standards given for London, so it was two thirty seven for women, which is realistic. You know, that's there's there's how many women did we have last year, or in and around under two forty in Dublin this year, in Dublin alone. You know, then there was the squad sent to to London, and that's that combined with the marathon mission, that was the difference. That was where everyone kind of went. So that for me personally, I mean, I saw Katrina Jennings and Linda and Ava go to um, to London. I finished four seconds behind Ava in the Eurocross that year um, and in National Cross, four seconds both times. I kind of went, good, this is this is realistic. If those girls went to London and I'm four seconds behind Ava, then why am I not going to Rio? That combined with Jim helping us and sending us to races and, you know, giving us the support we needed to go to those races and improve and race the big girls. Because you're, you're at nothing if you stay in Cork racing all the time. You know, you have to race the big girls and you have to learn how to race as well. If you're going to race internationally, you need to learn how to race. Like nobody had to tell me what moves to make or what not to do in Dublin because I'm just so used to it now. But you don't, you don't lick that off the walls. You have to go and experience it and you have to race the internationals. And it's also totally different to stand on the start line with 50 women and no men in a race than it is to go and do with the masses because the women can't shield you as much from the wind and they are out for themselves and you're out for yourself and it's a different dynamic totally to you know if I end up in a big group of men in a marathon they'll help me 
because they've the shirt I know but I'm not going to take their M40 title away from them you know because that's what that that's what the men who are well, the men I'm racing are the M45s probably that's what they're going for you know so yeah it, it's uh, it, Jim was just he's just been brilliant and Dick like just to give an example of a session we did once um, myself Katrina Jennings and a few others we went to Tala track and we did a session simulating dropping your water bottle so we had to do a mile and in every mile one person had to make an effort at the end of the mile for uh, uh, like one lap to get away from us and then we had to spend the rest of the mile very slowly catching them up so it was as if the, you know the four of us had dropped our water bottle and that person was the, representing the speed of the group and learning how in a marathon if something does go wrong and you do trip up because it does you can fall you can drop your water bottle whatever it is your laces can I'm, I mean I, I will never forget one of the girls in the Olympics just going I have my lace you know, in the Olympic marathon. So how do you get back up to that group? You do it really gradually. Um, and Dick Hooper was teaching us that patience and teaching us the simulation of just little things like that, that you kind of, someone like Dick Hooper is going to teach you. You know, nobody else is going to teach you that. What about the importance of self-belief and believing in yourself oh, and believing that you could get there? <laughs> Not being cocky about it no. or anything, but actually having the belief that Lizzie Lee can make it to the Olympics and Lizzie Lee can be a national marathon. So at 10k, the day I qualified for uh, Rio was in Berlin in 2015. And at 10k during that race, I remember having a conversation with myself as if I was having it out loud, but it was definitely internal. (laughs) And um, it went along the lines of, you're on target for 2.33. Who the hell do you think you are? You're a little girl from Bishopstown and you're trying to run 2.33. Go out of that. And then the flip side of that conversation was I addressed myself back and I said, Gremlins, do you know what you can do now? You can shag off, right? Because I'm going to do it. Because Donny says I'm going to do it. And Joe O'Connor says I'm going to do it. And my dad says I'm going to do it. And I turned to Brian Hegarty, who I was running with, a Lee Vailer, and I said, I'm going to do this today. And he said, I know you are. And I went, right, that's it. That's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I literally, the gremlin, it was like the gremlin on my shoulder, actually, I could visualize him disappearing, that I had stabbed him in the chest and that he was gone and that was it. Um, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe. Joyce Wolf has given me some very good tips along the way. And Joyce always says, trust in the training. Relax and trust in the training. Trust Donny. Trust that you've done everything. Because you, if you've done everything you've been told and you've hit the times in training and you've done your races in the lead up, and you know why wouldn't you do it? But it's when you start doubting yourself that, like especially the marathon, you, you, you manage a five miler, but the marathon is so long that there's so much window for, you know, like Nullag Hunter, um, Nullag O'Neill, sorry, always says she's won Cork like three times. She's won Lanzarote. She's won Jersey. She's a training partner of mine in Leeville. She always says, you're not even until halfway until you get to mile 20. And what about the days you don't want to train, Lizzie, or that you turn up to the start line and the gremlins are on your shoulder before you even start the race? Or does that happen? That well, that doesn't happen to me. I'm fortunate enough for that. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't bother going if I didn't think I was up to it or had my homework done. Um, But... There are days when you don't feel like training, right? You get up and it's lashing rain and whatever. But there's a great chapter in one of Michael Phelps's books. Um, it's a great book. Great book. You'll read it in about two hours. Um, it's not rocket science. It's all very, you know, it's 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 not difficult to read. The words are very big. Um, but 
he says he tells a story about how one day when he was a young fella he went to training practice and he didn't feel like swimming and the coach said fine sit at the side and the coach came up after an hour and said you see him in there he's going to beat you in the next gala because he trained today and you didn't and Michael was literally like let me in the pool and the coach didn't let him in the pool and he said no you didn't want to train today so next time you come here and you don't want to train you remember this feeling where I'm not letting you train right genius so and another thing a friend of mine Sinead O'Connor was once injured and I'll never forget she came to watch us on the track in the lashing rain and the freezing cold and she had her hood up and I went up to her at the end of the session I said oh that was hell it was la 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 and she went yeah at least you don't have a stress fracture I'd give my left I'd look at my leg to train with you today and I always remember those two things and I'm like so if I want to beat the girls in Dublin and they're getting up to go training I have to get up and go training you know I always say the girls in Dublin I don't know why <laughs> the girls in Dublin um, so you know you just have to you have to bring yourself around because you know every runner knows once you're out there for a mile even if it's raining it's just so much fun and you just love it and so just get up and do it because you won't regret it you'll never regret it that's it you never regret unless the training. you do your tendon because well, you went to do too much with the small baby <laughs> how does the saying go you only regret the training you didn't do yeah totally you know, same same in life. Never regret something you haven't done. I remember when we sat down myself and Paul about whether we could put everything in and do Rio and Lucy and the whole lot. It it was like, well, look, I don't want to. I don't want to turn around to my kids and say I could have made the Olympics. Now, if I hadn't made it, fine. But I I wanted to be able to say I went all in and I tried absolutely everything. And I, if I didn't make it, then that was okay. But I was going to do everything I possibly could to try and get there. You know. So he was like, look, you've got one shot. You've got a unique opportunity here that not everybody gets so let's just give it a go and see what happens if you look back now on your success to date in sport which medal or which result is the one that puts the biggest smile on your face Dublin Dublin just because my first national title on the road first marathon when I had two halves but to do it for Jim and Donny was at the finish line I was bawling Paul was there Lucy was there we left Alison the nut job at home and She's nuts. Everyone has a nuts child. It's my middle one. Um, and it was just, it was just perfect. We went to five guys in um, Dundrum on the way home and I just couldn't stop smiling. My phone, I got a, a text message uh, from Des Linden saying, I've just seen the result. I really hope you're happy. La, la, la. I mean, Des Linden, like it was just one of those days. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with the media requests. I was, you know, would you go on TV here? Would you do this? It's just... And all I wanted to do was go home and hang out with my kids and just be happy. And I was. And I really, truly was. I was Because some, some people, I think, get the result that's empty. And they kind of go, what next? And it wasn't like that. This was just, just brilliant. So what's life been like then in the spotlight in sport in Ireland for you? Since it's, Rio and, and with Dublin. And of course, the It's not country. too bad because athletics isn't, is kind of low-key. Like, unless you're maybe Kira McGean. I don't think you get people really talking about you unless you put your hand up to be talked about. Do you know what I mean? You can live a pretty quiet life. Like, I think if you were a Cork footballer, it might be different. People would be looking but at you I more. I suppose even I think, when you turn up to races, like you're oh, still going to be a superstar. You, I met, never forget Kerry saying to me, Kerry um, Steeplechase in, in Rio, she said to us, I'd say two days after our events, they were on Saturday and we, I was on Sunday, and she said, um, we've marks on our backs now for the rest of our lives we'll always be, I want to beat the Olympian. And like, you know, when I did my first race, uh, my, my niece's communion is in Westport in May and I'm like, oh, I'd love to do the park run and the, I'll be back in one piece and do the park run up there. 
But I'll still have a, it'll still be, they'll, they'll say, oh, here's Lizzie Lee the Olympian and all that, which is lovely. But I, I'll just be a mammy who wants to actually just get round and finish and, you know, for for a little bit, right? For a few months. And you want to be able to do that too. Um, but it doesn't work like that. You're just, you're the Olympian and that's it. And be as fit as you can. And, you know, my first road race, I'd say if I was a normal mom, I would go back when I'm like 70%, but I won't do that because I just feel too much pressure. So I'll go and try and find the lowest key race where no one knows me and, you know, but that doesn't happen either. That doesn't happen either. Yeah, you do. You have a mark on your back. But then the wonderful opportunities you get from being an Olympian or, you know, I'm doing a talk next week to Colossian Fear Shake. I'm here talking to you. You know, you, you get all these, you, you can talk to um, kids. I, I, I launched the Ballancolic Junior Park Run. You know, cool stuff stuff like really cool stuff if I go to city sports little girls are gonna come up and ask me for my autograph you know and, and that brings me back to the 20 by 20 thing because um you know growing up Sonia Sullivan in Cork was was our role oh, model total. for athletics and yeah. for running but now for other kids you are that role model yeah, I don't think I'm quite to that level well <laughs> you know but no, you I still know. are though I, I mean well the they can see me you see they can see me and they can see that a girl from Cork got to the Olympics that's how I start my talks in school I'm like you can be anything you're from Cork, you can be anything. And we're brilliant at sporting Cork. But I, I always say, I'm like, I got there. There's no reason why you can't get there or, or to do whatever amazing thing you want to do because it's possible, you know? Um, so I think, yeah, there is an element of it's tangible. They can see me, they can, I'm here. That's why I do go to the city sports and I do try to talk to the kids and I do visit the schools because, you know, can't see, can't be. But like, you know, it, it, I can do it. And, and... I suppose part, of my, that you can part of my story is that Linda Byrne did it ahead of me and I went, oh, Linda can do it. I can do it because, you know, so that's kind of, I think there is that, you know, it's like a relay team, like to pass on the baton and like I'll coach, I'll definitely coach 100% when the kids are a bit older and when Lucy is going down to Leeville, I'll, I'll coach Leeville, you know, because pass it on. like. And the setup in Leeville is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it is. It's a, it's an amazing club. You yeah. know, we look at it from the outside um, from around the country. But how important was the support of not just Donny, but the whole setup of Leeville in your road to Rio and oh, to marathon success and to running success? Huge, because like I have a group of lads that I train with on a Saturday morning and it's so much fun. Oh, sometimes I go away. So I had to go away for two weeks before Rio to we went to Spain with with Lucy. Um, and then I went on to the training camp in Brazil because I wanted to limit my time away from her. So we did warm weather. So I trained on my own for two weeks. I was soul destroyed. And it's only when you train on your own that you realize how much. Now I do my morning runs on my own or whatever, but my tempo run is with the lads and the banter and the crack and the young ones all go for coffee afterwards. And, you know, it's so much. And the high performance center down below, it's about 600 meters that way. Josie, as we're sitting in my kitchen, that's amazing. You know, I did my workout with six of the 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 Leeville mammies yesterday. Um, we have a brilliant high performance center down there. That's where Joe meets me to do the strength and conditioning. It's amazing. And, and the other have, the other mammies as well. Yeah. I think that's important that it's not just your running support network that you have oh, no. in terms of other athletes, yeah. but that you have athletes from Leeville and friends that are in the same. I suppose life cycle stage yes. that you're in as well and, and their support outside of sport yeah. is probably hugely like, important uh, on Sunday it warmed the cockles of my heart that Claire McCarthy was back winning the Kinsale 10 miler now she of course is like 61 minutes blah, 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 and I'm like Claire you're in one piece you're running um, you know I'm so inspired by you mom of four you know, um, she's been through an injury. She's back. We all motivate each other, and we're friends. And it's it's just it's just it's a nice support network. 
And then we also have the team aspect of the the Lee Vailers. Um, like they've won three in a row in the cross country, and I've been part of some of them. And like I'm Michelle Finn out in Australia right now. The second I heard about the PB on Sunday, she ran nine thirty eight. She's off to Tokyo. Well, she's almost certainly off to Tokyo. Messed her straight away because we just we all support each other. There's there is it sounds ridiculous, but there is a kind of a love and a it's a family. The, it's a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a big umbrella of us all and. The lads, the girls, you know, whatever, and and with Donny kind of in the middle the of the grandfather, he's the grandfather of all. He'll kill me for saying yeah, that, but he, yeah, he will. But he's, you know, the most important thing is that we're all happy and that our family life is good because it's just running at the end of the day, right? But if everything, this is why I always say about running. If everything else in your life is going well, then running is amazing, and running can make you happier and whatever. But if there's something else going on. It's not important, right? Running is not important in the grand scheme of things. This baby that I'm holding my arm, that's important. But if she's fine, which she is, and she's a buster, um, if she's fine and happy and everyone else is happy, then then running is important. Um, and it's all relative as well to you and your day and, you know, what's happening. But to me, it's, it's just good for me. You know what I mean? So then it is important. <laughs> and if you hadn't taken that step back those few years ago to go into running, do you think, would you be at an elite level in an alternative sport? Do you think, would you have kept up triathlon? I'd have just gone mental on the old career, I'd say. Uh, not do that think I so? don't have a, a, I, I love my job, but uh, maybe, I don't know, I would have done something because like, as I said, the studying, uh, probably triathlon, but I was just never going to crack the bike. I tried and tried and tried to crack the bike and I just couldn't. And anyone who was a strong cyclist just used to beat me, just wreck my head. And I put the work in. I mean, in Australia, I was on 300 kilometers a week doing really hard sessions with the lads, holding on to the likes of Paul O'Doherty and stuff on a bike on a Sunday. And I still, when you put me on the 40k, I just didn't have the power and nothing, you know, no, nothing was going to give me that, you know, versus handy out 30 miles a week in triathlon training and I could crucify everyone in the run except for Aoife Lynch who'd be fairly close to me yeah it's funny I don't know what I don't think I'd be as happy if I hadn't found the running I think I'd be like we're all a bit loony like we are you're laughing but we all are a bit loony tune like someone said in the pool this morning someone said something's not normal he was like well, you're not normal to set your alarm for half six in the morning to be in the pool for seven o'clock you know but we're all we all get but it's it. normal to you though yes and everyone in the pool got it this morning i don't need to explain it you know i was on to breach today and i said breach breach connolly was in uh, another marathon in rio and i said to breach uh ran 15 minutes yesterday no reaction in the leg it's it's coming it's i'll be back now great and i said i was beginning to get a bit down from it and she was like i and in capitals she said understand completely i don't need to explain that to her i don't need to explain that oh i just need to get out the road for five miles and i'll be happy you know and speaking of a comeback mm, yeah i'm not gonna say anything out loud too much i did love dublin <laughs> I loved Dublin in October, which is how many months from now, which is fairly realistic if I was going to be doing a comeback. But I won't. This but come- if you were to come to Dublin in October this year, would you not feel under savage pressure? Yeah, I would. But then uh, pressure makes diamonds. It does. <laughs> but coming back but to I think elite level after having a baby. If I was doing Dublin this year, I would be very much aware of the fact that I am going to be 40. I'm not 40 yet, but I'll be 40 by then. 40 with three small kids and isn't it just amazing that I'm doing the bloody marathon that's what I was going to say and if I can contend at that yes great because Sinead Diver gives out that people talk about age and I'm like actually yeah Sinead might have a point like 
Right now, my bloods are at an all-time high. An all-time high. Post-baby, it's as if I've been to altitude for six months. I'm swimming times in the pool that I only ever swim when I am super fit. So uh, it's there, right? There's something to tap into. But then I'm not at the stage now where I'm going to sacrifice time away from my kids at, at that point. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Like, what I love about Dublin is one night away. One night away from the kids that's up the road, you know, um... Paul can bring the three of them up in the morning or what you know so there's that would I feel pressure yeah of course but I'm going to feel pressure no matter what I do from now on true. unless I Katrina McKiernan stopped racing I always find it interesting because I, I talked to her about it she came over to a, a warm weather training camp we did with Piranha years ago and I sit next to her at dinner and I said you know you don't race anymore and she's like oh I, I just I'd hate to get beaten by people who I used to be easily beat or, you know kind of she stopped for a while and then she, she might have done it the right way because she stopped she, when she was at her prime. But then she came back. But then she came back and now she races. Yeah. But now she just loves it. And you see this, my, I did the Clontar of 10k and my God, she bounded up to that start line. She was just so happy. And she's always happy. I mean, Katrina's a lady. Um, she's just lovely. She's got a warmth about her. But she she did stop for a few years and I, I, I kind of wonder like, why didn't she just keep, you know, she, now she went off and she did her own thing and whatever. But like, isn't it okay if I rock up to the start line run 245 as well? Isn't 100%. that okay? Because yeah. I have nothing to prove. I, no. I, I have my rings. I am showing Josie my gold ring with the rings in it. I have my Olympic rings. I'm an Olympian. I have a gold European medal. I've won my national titles. And if that's it, I am so happy with what that has I think been. that's a great attitude to have because I think there's a lot of people would not go to Dublin this year yeah, yeah. because of the, of, the bar- of the marker on the back or the pressure that they would feel because you see it even on, on everyday ordinary athletes that are not at an elite level they feel that God if I don't get my PB in this race yeah, yeah, or yeah. I put so much training in that if I don't do well or you know they'll, they'll step out of it but at the end of the day who, who are you doing it for? Exactly. And what are you doing it for? I loved running around the streets of Dublin. I loved it. So, you know, am I going to let somebody saying, oh, you might be at your best or whatever? Like, you know, that's just, that's that sounds mad to me. You know, like, just go Why and do you it. And enjoy. Yeah, totally. And if if my PB days are over, they're not though, because I'm going to put on the shoes and I'll be running five minutes off my times. Uh, <laughs> I got the shoes from Santa. Um, but if my PB days are over, that's all right too, like, because I have three small people to keep alive. You know what I mean? And a marriage. So, like, that, and, a, and a great job that I love. You know, so that's okay too if it just becomes not quite as insane and it's 70 miles a week instead of 100. And, you know, that as long as I'm enjoying it, as long as I'm going out on a Sunday morning and the loops of Black Rock followed by a very quick coffee bring me home with endorphins flowing through me. I think we might need to get you a coffee sponsor because we must have mentioned coffee at least five times in the last 50 minutes. Coffee's really important to me. Like, there are baristas around Cork who know my name and my order. Now, I will say I only drink two to three shots a day because I'm breastfeeding. But I, they're just, those shots are important and there has to be a barista involved. And I have, there's a lot of coffee shops around here. Um, coffee is important. But I like, if that's my, it's not even that's a vice. That's your only vice. It's because not a vice. coffee isn't that bad for you I don't really do alcohol I love an old glass of wine every now and then on occasion I wouldn't be bothered with it on a Friday night because I want to do a session on a Saturday morning so it just wouldn't be it's not something I miss or anything I do like a bit of chocolate as well but like yeah I mean yeah I like coffee athletes love coffee though coffee gets me through a lot of sessions I'd be like I'm gonna have coffee I suppose it's the anticipation of what you're gonna treat yourself with after that hard session yes totally and that's that's my that's my thing are you proud of what you've achieved? Yeah, very. 
I'm very proud and I know that I have made people proud. I bear hugged my dad at the finish line of Dublin and Donny um, and Paul and Lucy. Lucy doesn't quite get it. She gets it. Well, she knows mummy wins races, but she doesn't get that other mummies don't win races. Do you know what I mean? She just thinks of whatever. Every now and then I go back and look through messages the day I finished in Rio um, because people were just, you know, all my friends, everybody, they were just so proud and happy for me. And one message I sent to the gang, my my WhatsApp group, my girls who I grew up with, who some of them run, but they're not runners in clubs competitively. And um, there's 13 of us grew up together. You know, all of them, Moon and Shiv, you know, live and all that. And there's one message where Avril Galvin replies and she says, I said, so, I just replied saying, so, you know, because my phone is blowing up. I replied and just said, so happy, um, 56th, off to drink vino something like that and the response I got back from Avril was the so happy part is the only part that I needed to hear today I'm delighted for you and you know they saw the buzz that I was getting out of it but also like I had cousins and friends and family at that finish line you know it's just that people get from it and Donny and the club like that down in the the clubhouse there's eight big posters on the wall they're framed and they're of all the Oliva Olympians and I'm up there and like when I'm I was stand, trying to stand on one leg tendonitis three weeks ago um, doing my rehab and every now and then I glance at the wall and go you're one of them you're one, I'm beside Michelle Finn um, and you know you're one of them and you know if if you don't get back then look, you're still on that wall you know like so yeah I've got to be proud of that that's you know what to do for Ireland it's just in Cork and Leeville you know it's great Lizzie Lee, you are a bundle <laughs> of energy and uh, I can't wait to actually put on my runners and go running around Cork. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here with us and of course to the gorgeous Jess who stayed so well behaved. She did. Throughout the whole thing. baby. Another future Olympian, I have no doubt. She's oh, as strong as an ox and she's absolutely gorgeous. Shot the size of her. <laughs> She might play rugby for months too. That she might. Be we have high um, field around the corner. Yeah, yeah. She can do whatever she can do whatever she puts her mind to. That's what I That's say to it. my my girls. You can do. Lucy says I can't do it. I say you can do anything. You can do anything. Just put your mind to it. Josie, well done to you. Because people might say that on your podcasts, but I remember Josie ruling the world in UCC. <laughs> and Josie's still ruling the world, and I get to a finish line and I want to puke, and there's Josie <laughs> shoving a microphone in my face, and you're everywhere. You're all over my social media, and you're just killing it. Like it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see. It's brilliant to see the great. business going great. That's you know? great. You know, like yourself, given an opportunity, and somebody believes in you. And but you, you just took yourself it. out of your comfort zone. Yeah, well, you have to do that every day. You though. do. There's a fridge magnet up there that says "Life begins the end of your comfort zone," and you have to do that. And sometimes comfort zone's appropriate. Sometimes, you know, small babies go on maternity leave, la la la. But sometimes you just need to give yourself a kick and go, right, let's do it. Don't regret something you haven't tried. Thanks again for tuning in. What wise words from Lizzie to leave us with this week's episode. If you're enjoying the show, please pop a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Facebook page, Try Talking Sport. I do really love hearing your feedback on the interviews. And if you want to get in touch, pop me an email to trytalkingsport at gmail.com. That's try with an I, not a Y. Until next time, stay safe and happy training.